Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organization sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others, and the planet. And I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. We are proudly brought to you in association with SA Partners, a world-leading business transformation consultancy. SA Partners are a truly purposeful company focused on helping organisations achieve sustainable improvement for themselves, others and the planet. Welcome to episode 94 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. It is such a pleasure to have Mr. Scott Copeland back on the show with us for part two today. In episode 93 last week, we talked about commercial storytelling and having a leadership team who is committed to excellence, who can engage in dialogue about their organisation's story, purpose and shared vision and really connect with all their employees. If you haven't already, listen to episode 93 first. In this episode, part two, we'll talk about why leaders don't seem to want to engage in dialogue with their staff and the difficulties many have. We also chat about how leaders can get to engage in teams and become really bonded with that shared purpose and vision with all employees, and how leaders can understand why employees might not be performing at their best and what they can do about this. Let's get to it. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Mate, with um, the thing I'm finding, Scott, is that we've, for many, many years, we have been studying leadership and soft skills. It's been a constancy, you know what I mean? And I'm all over it too, and I'm still writing about it and training on it. But I find a lot of organizations, and I'm talking Australia because I mainly engage in Australia. I find in Australia, a lot of leaders just don't even engage in a conversation. It's it looks as if they avoid the conversation or they avoid that problem situation. Do you experience that at all? Are you experiencing any leaders that just do not even enter into dialogue or it seems like they're avoiding it? They're just not dealing with that person who's upset or a blockade. I would say that it's rare that you do get the dialogue and uh, it's even with the dialogue very, very challenging to be successful. I think the statistics that you noted or at least alluded to at the beginning of our conversation are testimony to that. So it's, you know, not an easy undertaking. The fact that you have mentioned that, you know, you're all over it and you've been reading about it, writing about it and learning about it and have an enterprise focus that is you know, a, sort of a never-ending, excuse me, undertaking on it, speaks to the fact that it's, it isn't a simple, gee, we can just pick it up and run with it. And so not only is it less common to find people who are open to dialogue, it's also even when you do, it's even when people try, it's, it's a very hard road. And I guess the ultimate is on all of this, I'm not saying, you know, gee, it's, it's so hard, you know, give up. It's the winds that are so powerful that make it desirable to consider and actually pursue the next one. I mean, that's basically why my career, why I'm in my career. It's, it is so tough and it's incredibly satisfying when you have the winds and it's enough to keep you going to the next one. Yeah. And they are far and few between. 
Scott, what you're talking about there is we could have a leader who's sitting there and there is someone who's not aligned to the vision and purpose and they're becoming a blockade. And that leader could either be, I guess, jumping to conclusions or avoiding the conversation. And I guess there's probably other things that could be happening. But what do you typically find or do you have any view on why do leaders not go and have that dialogue and try to understand and then actually truly try to help to get that person in the right seat or align them to the vision and purpose or in worst cases, find them another bus? Well, I think, first of all, it depends on where they are. In other words, if you're the top leader of the organization, then then there's a real serious problem. Uh, and hopefully the parties involved that select that leader will see over time that that leader is really not the right choice for the organization. But if you look at it, and I guess ultimately, just sort of to back up one second, I think ultimately, I don't believe people get up in the morning to, to screw up the organization, to screw up the project, to screw up the jobs of others. I, I, yes, there are, in every group of some size, there's a percentage and a very low one where someone is not well and things are not done in a way that are helpful. But I think we, generally speaking, start our day to, to do whatever you want to call it. I don't want to use a judgmental term, but to participate fully for a greater good. So there are people in the organizations of all kinds that are going to do things that are out of step. And again, it's what is their story? What is their frame of reference? What is their point of view? And I think it's often, as I said from the get-go, it's they're frightened of something. And they're generally at that very basic level and maybe they don't realize it themselves. So if it doesn't mean we're, we're looking for, a, you know, someone uncovering a deep psychological insight that they've never been able to share before because you asked them what's going on. But at the same time, I think there's a certain level of understanding where perhaps they just don't know. I mean, I don't know how to do this. I'm scared because of that. I react badly because of it. So if I can get to understand that you really don't understand how to do it, then maybe I can train you so that you do. And that sounds very simplistic, but here's an example. I have a leader, a middle-level leader. So I meet with him or her. Uh, maybe I'm an, a change agent working with top leadership who is sent to coach leadership at the middle or frontline level. And I'm assigned to work with you. I have to build trust. I've found circumstances where I make very little inroads. I have a person in mind as I'm saying this, but I did make some and we were able to break some barriers. One of the things I suggest is I try and find a peer of yours, whoever you might be. Let's say you're the, you're the challenged leader in the mid-level of the organization. I find peers that you will respect who have been successful, who you can talk to and who can talk with you. Uh, it, that is, you know, having a peer equal share with you how they're successful helps you feel comfortable because you're equals and you're not, I'm not some outsider telling you what to do and senior management isn't. We have an equal sharing with you 
what it is they do and how to do it. So essentially, there's peer training, if you will, that goes on there. Another one is to have your top leadership check in with you and say, hey, this is what we're doing. We're not seeing that from you, but it's not because we think you're a bad person. Help us understand where you're coming from, and then we can maybe work through that. And one of the outcomes of that is, well, gee, what you're saying makes sense. You've uncovered something. Your resistance, maybe we thought was just, you know, essentially, as you said, being an, a, a barrier. When in fact, a classic example, this is an IT, we're, we're going to just roll out the, the system and we're, gonna, we're going into uh, intensive care and everything is built around a very shallow level of documentation that, that's maintained on each patient. Well, guess what? That's not the case in the ICU, they have, you know, history that goes on and detail that goes on in depths that are far beyond what we're thinking. And they're saying, we're not going to implement, we don't trust the system. Well, you find out, you dig out from underneath what's going on. Well, guess what? They pointed out something wrong in the way we're implementing. We need to back up. We need to delay. We need to meet their need. So, I mean, that's perhaps a not a direct example, but if the leadership is fighting with that group level, it's telling you something. So in a way, it's an, when you see it, it's an itch that needs to be responded to because it isn't necessarily meant to be an obstacle. It may get communicated. You think that way, but there's insight in it that you can learn from and maybe reshape things because the, the information you're getting from that obstacle is something that is on point. So I'm really getting from this that as a leader, number one, you've got to be curious and willing to enter dialogue. And then also, I guess you, you need to understand, if you can, the root cause of what's occurring there with, with the person. I've got a friend, a good psychiatrist in Brisbane who's a good friend of mine. And he said to me once, I said to him, how do you do your job? You know, how do you, how do, you do that? And he said, oh, we ask why a lot or what's causing that a lot. And again, I'm like, I oh, use root cause to get into that, that as deep as you can go into the psyche of what's blocking that person and then help right, them move forward from that. I was like, well, okay, I'm sure there's yeah, a lot I mean, more to it, but that was still <laughs> well, quite interesting. It's so true. <laughs> there's that, there's the, the five whys, you know, every time someone says something, you ask why, and, you know, not to be a matched child, but you're, you're trying to, you know, again, the tired metaphor, peel the onion get to the root cause, understand, but it's rarely just a factual misunderstanding. There's some, you know, it's all wrapped. The, the, the distance between here and there is clutter with all these human emotions that are diverting us. And, our and emotions that's why are not, I said. Yeah, our emotions are not in part of it, not part of our conscious brain often. <laughs> no, and it's not linear. And it's, it's basically, I always use the phrase, it's very messy. <laughs> yeah, too true. Go to enterpriseexcellencepodcast.com backslash downloads to get hold of a book overview and press release Scott has kindly provided us. Please like, subscribe and share this podcast to help others gain insights and create a better future. Let's get back to the episode. Well, Scott, what, what, would, what would be your advice to leadership or even frontline teams looking to go, right, okay, 
we want to get better at this. We want to get better at being able to, you know, be curious, to go into dialogue, to make sense and then move forward. And we want to be better at helping align everyone to a purposeful vision and connecting their purposeful vision forward. Well, that's a huge, (laughs) I'm not sure I could answer that as a single question because we've talked a little bit about the purpose and how to create it and uh, collectively. And so I'll leave that as I've answered that question, but from an individual or from an organizational standpoint, how do we get to be better at understanding each other? It's, it really literally comes down to the idea of saying sense making again of another person and how do I build in a sense of connection to that person so that they feel a sense of trust to communicate what it is that's going on in their mind, whether it's root cause analysis sounds so technical, but it literally gets into that, trust level so we've got to be able to take minimal chances with each other and have the outcome be not hit on the side of the head for it so if i meet with you and i as your superior and i've set up an environment where i'm going to meet with everyone and as the senior manager of this group and i'm going to point out that once a week we're going to have 15 minutes just to hear what's going on so as an example, my son is he's coming out of law school and he's getting a job. And he, he was telling me about this law firm where the senior partner meets with every, it's not a very large firm, but you know, it was, it was large enough, whatever the number, 50 people. He meets with everybody like two, every two weeks to just find out what's happening. And I was just like, that's a perfect example. So again, the leadership must drive it and it must demonstrate that the consequences of communicating aren't met with reprisals. So it, you know, the, the model from the methodology that I'm driving at with uh, change management is from information um, implementation management associates and its um, methodology is accelerating implementation management and its model that they use for communication is to express model and reinforce. So leadership needs to demonstrate through expression that they are trusting others, that they model it by their behavior. So, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk, or the other way around it would be, but, and then the most powerful of them all is to reinforce it. So when it happens, with their own management team. It's demonstrated to the whole organization that it is an encouraged behavior. And there's, you know, the easiest way to, when I say reinforcement, it isn't that I'm gonna give you a raise. It isn't money. People respond, I mean, not that that isn't desirable, but people respond mostly and most powerfully to gratitude. So if you demonstrate with gratitude, That is a reinforcement level that is never ending. And it's what gets talked about the next day and years from now. 
when someone does something that shows gratitude, and this a simple example is there's an implementation, the call center that's handling everything, the medical director shows up like a week after the implementation, it's very successful. And he comes in with a sheet cake and a stack of plates and a knife and plastic forks and napkins. There's no HR didn't come with him and public affairs didn't come with him. He just showed up. He did it himself. And he goes around, he cuts a slice of cake and goes over to each call taker, hands it to them, shakes their hand and says, thank you. And we couldn't have done it without you. He's walking the walk. He's talking the talk. And boy, is he showing gratitude. And 10 years later, people still talking about it. Yeah, that's so awesome. that's what, those are the kinds of things that, I mean, it, I could be much more linear in describing it and lay it out in a, in a textbook. But if you tell a story like I just did, I think that's the point. That's what we need. That's how it comes together. Yeah. Scott, I had, I had an example of that that sat me on, just knocked me out as such an amazing technique. Um, a few months ago, I do some work with BHB and there's a leader there that I think it's every Tuesday. That he calls it Tim Tam Tuesday. So Tim Tams are a biscuit in Australia. They're like a chocolate biscuit. They're very, they're beautiful. If you can ever get one, <laughs> get one. But he, okay. um, he calls it Tim Tam Tuesday. And every Tuesday, because they got shifts that cycle. So over a Tuesday, the different shifts cycle on. And he'll take a whole heap of Tim Tams down to the mess room, down to the meeting, down to the staff room. And he'll just sit there, put the Tim Tams out on the table and just sit there. And for the first while, people would hardly talk to him because he was the big boss, you know, the big, big boss. But over time, he just became part of the crew and he just kept doing Tim Tam Tuesday. And um, I was like, wow. And now he goes down and he's just part of the crew and he's just having a conversation. And then they don't even talk about work necessarily, like work comes up. But right. I was like, wow, that is a way to enter dialogue with, with people, you know, and I think he does that with, he does another technique with the managers below him. And yeah, it's great, isn't it? I love it. It's it's exactly the same as the one I, story I told, and it's just it's so simple, and it just takes sort of shedding all the coverings that we have on ourselves for whatever reason, and just connecting. And so trust, connection, dialogue. Yeah. Then we're going to start building a common purpose out of that. Yeah, that's neat. Scott, thank you so much, mate. I really appreciate the knowledge and input and thank you for writing such an amazing book. Mate, what's, what's been a recent insight you've had? Like I know people are going to gain insights from your book and this podcast, but what's been a recent insight you've gained? Well, it's an interesting question because, well, I, I learned how and got certified uh, with scuba diving very recently. And I describe it as there's, class as an e-learning in a pool and then in open water and you go sort of from the spectrum of total terror to at the last session in the water going this is amazing so but the the learning that i was getting out of it was okay i'm putting myself deliberately in an environment that is completely hostile to human life and the distance between that literally that death, if you want to put it in most clear terms, and not surviving and enjoying it is, well, it's, there's, the, the distance doesn't even exist. It's like they're right in your face. 
immediately take off your mask and you'll die. Well, the interesting part about it is that, you know, there's, there's a procedure that if something goes wrong and there's a backup procedure to that, and that's what you're trained in. And it's, they say, as you read through and as you hear about it, that, you know, if we're trained well and, and develop habits, when things go wrong, we revert to our habits and therefore we'll have a very unlikely that we're going to have a failure and in this case die. But how do you do that? How do you create that sense that you're going to jump to your habits? And it was very simple. They constantly say, breathe deeply, pause, think, and then act. It's the, the distance between death and making a mistake in an organization is very far. Yeah. But at some level, I think in our hearts, we're thinking we're going to be just, we're going to die if we do something wrong. We, we feel these horrible consequences. And yet, if we just literally, I was just like, well, it is, it's, you know, the concepts of Eastern religion and meditation. Pause, breathe deeply and evenly. Never hold your breath. Never. And that's a really bad thing in scuba diving. But at the same time, don't hold your breath in life. Just breathe deeply. Pause, think, and then act. And I think if we all kind of took that in as our rule for the day, we might, you know, next time something goes wrong, remember that three steps. And perhaps we'll have better outcomes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Brilliant, Scott. Scott, thank you so much. Scott, how can people reach out to you? How can they get hold of the book if they want to learn more? Well, it's available on Amazon. It's called The Integrator. I am Scott Copeland. My last name is a little unusual. It's C-O-P as in Paul, L-A-N as in Nancy. I can be reached through scopeland at copeland.com. I'm on Twitter. My handle is at Scott Copeland. Uh, you can look me up on LinkedIn. And uh, we have a website. It's called copeland.com, again, uh, for Copeland Company, where much of what I've described here is there in podcasts, articles, and links to the book and other materials. So I welcome just the opportunity to share my ideas for one reason, and that is just to help people do what I think makes a difference. Yeah, that's awesome, Scott. Thanks so much for everything you have done and you'll continue to do in the future, mate. Thanks for helping us create a better future. We really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and I got to get some of those biscuits. So <laughs> send me the name in writing so I don't forget. I <laughs> oh, will do, Scott. You'll be amazed. Thanks. Mate. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Brad. Jeez. Well, Scott, that's awesome. It went well, I guess. Oh, it was a great episode, mate. Great episode. All right. Yeah. And so is that you'll let me know and yeah, we do your... You're coming out on the 7th of the 6th, 7th of June. And um, Emily will be in touch leading up to it. She's on fire at the minute. Em's pumping out the podcast. So I think you'll hear from her pretty soon. She's She'll get the editing done and get that over to you and all the content. Okay. Well, yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah. And uh, let's keep in touch because yeah. when I read about what you've done and what your organization does, it seems like, you know, well, it's a good thing we got together because yeah. I think we have a common understanding. <laughs> yes, common purpose and what we're about. Like it's absolutely. It's and mate, I, I gained thank so you. many insights from the conversation, mate. So thank you so much. 
Well, thank you too. And I look forward to having an opportunity to interact again. We will, mate. Thanks, Scott. Catch right. you soon, mate. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. What a great episode. Remember, you can go to our website, enterpriseexcellencepodcast.com backslash downloads to get hold of a book overview and press release Scott has kindly provided us. Please like, subscribe and share this podcast to help others gain insights and create a better future. There were two key takeaways for me from this episode. Firstly, leadership dialogue. Throughout the episode, I really picked up on the importance of leaders being inquisitive, leaders taking the time to understand their people, understand their purpose and beliefs, and how these align or not to the organizations. Leaders entering dialogue with people when challenges arise, working to understand deeply what is causing the challenge and helping people to overcome that challenge. The second key takeaway for me was storytelling and purposeful vision cascade and how these two connect. A good vision is a story. It describes visually and emotionally the next destination we are heading towards and why. I love the conversation with Scott on cascading this purposeful vision, helping teams and people connect in their own language, linking their purpose and vision for the future with the organizations. Thanks again for your time and knowledge, Scott. Thanks for helping us create a better future. Bye for now.